Hello, it's Avery. And Taggart. From Quip. Queer in Portland. Queer in Portland. Episode 2. Back with episode two in Quip! Queer in Portland. So tonight we are going to talk about some fun things and fun uh, spooky stuff like... Like bat wings flapping, fangs sharpening, stakes throwing, and no, I'm not talking about Buffy Summers. We're talking about Dracula. Yes, the uh, almighty number one vampire of all time. What we're getting to is the Dracula Ballet that we recently saw with our friends Brent and Tanya at the Keller Auditorium. Love them. And actually, Tanya had this wonderful, wonderful necklace that was made out of coffin nail. We dressed up to go to the event. Taggart caused much astir in his long skirts and heels. Well, you know, I like to like to have a little fun, especially when we're going out to uh, ballet or opera or something. Might as well give them a little show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No sen- no harm in having a little fun. No but uh, talking about the ballet in general, um, ballet was brought to us by Ben S- Stevenson, a choreographer. He premiered the Dracula Ballet in Houston, Texas in March of 1997. Oh, wow. At least I was way out of high school by that point. Mm-hmm. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they wanted to acknowledge the centennial of the publication of Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel. Blah, blah, blah. And also just to kind of bring new life and new audiences into the theater, the ballet in general. Oh, the ballet this time. It was so wonderful. There was even this little trio family like the dad had the top hat and the tails they were so cute and the daughter had the the little daughter she's like probably like 10 she had a satin dress on with a bustle it was fantastic it was really kind of fun to see people really kind of getting dressed up for the event and just having a lot of fun with their outfits and just just having a really good time in general i thought it was great what did you think about the ballet though i mean Uh, this was your first yeah absolutely this is really the first ballet that i've seen i mean i've seen a few Operas. I've seen a few plays, but I've never actually seen a live ballet perform. So for me, it was quite an experience and something new. I didn't realize they move so quickly and they're so fast. Oh, yeah. We were seated so close, you can actually hear their foot stompings across the stage. Every time they jump, you would hear... Yeah, the little uh, woods that are in the end of their toes. Their toes actually hear it. That actually made a very pleasant noise. It's kind of, yes. it's kind of eerie that... It's very kind of soothing, and the way that it sounds, I just yes. really like the sound of it. Um, and then the costumes and makeup, my goodness, those were insane. Oh, they were fun. The brides, they were like a harem of women, all dressed in white with white makeup and long white wigs, but they were kind of doing almost like a Michael Jackson thriller that dance. Was kind of humorous. <sighs> that was kind of humorous. That little Michael Jackson, <laughs> that not Michael Jackson, like... Yeah, but it it kind of worked. It was kind of fun. The cast was phenomenal. That uh, cape that Dracula wore that looked like bat wings. Oh, Oh. yes. It was cut like bat wings, but it had the print of a death's head moth. Because I noticed that. I was like, oh, it's very 1920s Mm -hmm. death's head moth. Mm -hmm. 
and then the um, staging for it too. Oh, like beautiful. all of the all of the backdrops and Gorgeous. all of the stage that the they scrims. used for it, the scrims they used for it. It was really well done. I, mean, I think the character a... that stole it for me though was Renfield. Oh yeah, Renfield was phenomenal. This this dancer was amazing. He the leaps, the faces. Mm-hmm. It it was like watching an old black and white film. Like, oh. Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was quite brilliant. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself for my very first ballet. I think this was definitely one for the old goth to go to. Plus, we were in box seats, so it made everything wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. And it was a rainy day. Mm, it was It was lovely, though. We had a very br- beautiful time going, for sure. Here, here. Fantastic. And back to Bram Stoker, the originator of Dracula. And story. Oh, what a story that was. I would say Victorian pornography, I would call it. But anyway. At the time, for sure. Definitely. Truly. All that thrusting of stakes and things. But <laughs> Bram Stoker, his family, um, they all belong to a little church in Ireland in the parish of Clontarf. Um, the reason why I mentioned Clontarf is because I actually stayed there. And in Clontarf, his whole family was baptized in a little church called St. John the Baptist. I went to the part that was the ruins. There's another St. John the Baptist down the road. But the original church was built in 1609 and um, condemned. I wouldn't say condemned. I'd say more like abandoned in 1866 when the parish decided to change change churches in order to get something a little more modern. Oh, okay. But before Dracula in his childhood, he was really sick. He was even privately tutored all the way up till he was about seven years old. Oh, okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Then miraculously, like, healed. I can walk! All that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, became very, very healthy and strong. Went to Trinity College and got a degree in mathematics, as well as being, like, a star rugby player. So That's- not... Not very goth. Yeah, that's not very goth at all. It's <laughs> very interesting. And I think that it was uh, sports and math and then ends up being a writer. Very interesting details. I know. And the little city of Clontarf, which is kind of like a, a funny little polar opposites, like the way you're talking about writing versus rugby. Um, the town itself, it's very, it's like this almost suburban, cute area. And then it's, there's a castle built right in the hillside. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. And with the castle, the Knights Templar actually owned it at one time. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know that either. Then when the church abandoned the Knights Templar, they changed their name into something else. They forgot what they became. And then it just went down from family line to family line, the castle, Contra Castle, um, until it became a hotel. Um, the only other famous site of the castle, I would have to say, is John the Baptist Cemetery because the majority of... Bram Stoker's family was baptized on the grounds at the church next door. Um, I believe a few of them are buried on the grounds, but the grounds themselves, Taggart, you should see it in person. We will one day. We will. The ivy, the old church bell tower, which still stands, it's completely hollowed out, but it's just beautiful. And then there's daffodils everywhere and they still take care of the grounds it's marvelous well speaking of you know wanting to visit and stuff like that where is Clontarf in regards to 
um, what part of Ireland? So if we're looking at Ireland, it's going to be the north side of Ireland. Okay. So a little bit north of Dublin? Yeah, I would say north of Dublin. Definitely north of Dublin. Cool. And definitely worth the trek out. Just alone, the grounds alone are beautiful. Not the castle. The castle's beautiful. It's a hotel. But the cemetery, as well as John the Baptist, um, bombed out church ruins. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, especially with all that history, for sure. Oh, there was even a battle in Clontarf where it was the Vikings versus an old chieftain of Ireland. I don't know much about it. I didn't read too thoroughly in it. However, I just thought, okay, again, with the Vikings versus the... Well, they wouldn't be Celts because the Celts were from England, weren't they? Were they? No, or they could they yeah, could, could be Celts, Celts. They could be Celts. but it was yes. considered Ireland then. Yeah, so. exactly. Pardon exactly. my history, folks. Pardon my history. We'll look into it. <laughs> Definitely worth looking into. And on top of that, we'll be talking about a little bit more after these wonderful little sound bites. See you soon. Toodles. Speaking of vampires, witches, and demons, let's talk about one of our favorite TV shows. A discovery of witches based on the book series, All Souls Trilogy, um, which consists of Trinity, Three, Witch, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, A discovery of witches, obviously. Shadow of Night, The Book of Life, and then the novella, which is not really considered part of the trilogy, Times Convert, which I have yet to read. Well, I'm not going to give you anything or leaks or what else do they call them? Um, spoilers. Hints, spoilers. spoilers. All, all the ingredients of the show or series. Read it. Read it. Read it. Watch it. Um, Who wrote it? Deborah Harkness. Okay. Not Agatha Harkness, but Deborah Harkness, who actually met at Comic-Con. Yes, you were telling me about that. She That's was... Fine. Amazing. There weren't that many people in her show, and I sat around and asked a couple questions, and then after, got to have a little chat with her, and she signed a, a piece of paper for me, which I can't find anymore. But anyways, she was the one most wonderful spellbinding individuals who also gets lost in details as easily as I do, so mm-hmm. I think she and I are both a little bit of a magpie. Yeah, but the details in the book could really make it or break it, to be honest. Oh, the books were so good. They were a little comical at sometimes, like flying witches over housing and dragons exploding. I'm not telling them what, who did what. I'm exactly. just saying. And what did the demons do? What was their power? What Nothing. I, I just didn't understand what they had to add to the story to say. Please, any viewers, listeners, um, people in tune psychically on the Ouija board to us, um, Give us your ideas and thoughts. What do the demons in the series of the book or the TV show too, besides get crazy or on occasion, some of them would have like a clairvoyant flash or something, but Phoebe can do that in charm. So what's the big deal? Exactly. So Deborah, if you're listening, we want answers, please. Please. Deborah, if you're listening. (laughs) Well, more witches, more ultra femmes manifesting their magic their own way, just like Deborah Harkness. And also the title character in 
Discovery of Witches, um, our own little witch in Portland, Oregon. Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon. about Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon! We recently actually got to see a show. It was uh, Lavender Nights, an evening cabaret with Jinx Monsoon and Saint Syndrome at the center stage in the Armory, downtown Portland. And we brought two of our wonderful friends, Casey, all the way from California, and Darren, across the pond into Portland, Oregon. Um, Darren from Liverpool. They came to see the show with us. Yep, they, um, Darren was on holiday, so he was able to come enjoy Portland with us and come and see us. And that was just such an amazing show. I just loved all the singing and cabaret and the, the comedy. 1930s songs that and she gave real good tidbits of queer theory with some like body non-binary realness. Um, it was fun. I really loved her. And another thing. She's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. And just such a, a pleasant person to see. I mean, so talented. I think she can't do... There's nothing she can't do, honestly. I the only thing I will say I wish, the show was longer. Yes, I would love to have a little bit more time with Jinx. And I, I we're think selfish. Yeah, I mean, she's one of our favorite uh, drag artists. And I think she's just so talented. Anytime you get a chance to see a show of hers. And she's going to be doing this once a season. So please catch her show down please at the Armory. Look for Lavender. Lavender Nights with Jinx. Um, I was actually gifted a, I would say, quarantine concert from you um, to see Jinx doing her little Edie number. And it was absolutely fabulous. And it was for my birthday. Oh, and I just talked about Jennifer Saunders and, and Dina Monsoon and said, absolutely fabulous. Kismet, you know. Um, but she was fantastic there. She gave me the chills uh, on that show, too. She, was, she wasn't just imitating Little Edie, she was literally channeling her. It, it was she frightening. Her. She definitely embodied Little Edie. I mean, you got a snip, snippet of it on the on, show, on the show, but uh, which will not be mentioned. But uh, <laughs> you know the show we're talking about, and it didn't really do it justice. I mean, when she did that show with Saint Saint uh, Saint Sandra again, mm-hmm. playing the piano as backup for her. Um, I mean, it's just amazing. They're just they work so well together. But again, she channeled that part. It was unnerving the way she morphed and changed herself um speaking of changing and gender bending and rearranging your own body um frida kahlo who turned from this kind of body she could have been just a very typically beautiful mexican woman but went into her traditional mestiza warrior looking princess braids trenzas look and um her show we actually saw the Frida Kahlo, Diego Rivera, and the Mexican Modernism show at the Portland, Oregon Museum of Art. It yes. was fantastic. That was that was stunning. I just absolutely love the artwork. I mean, walk, looking at her artwork up close, getting to actually see it in person, um, you know, I, I just know basic stuff about her, you know, knowing about her artwork, but not really getting involved too in-depth into it, but after seeing the movie with uh, Selma Hayek playing a part, I was like, oh, this this person is amazing. This person's uh, fantastic. But to get to see her art, the life that she gave it and her perspective of things, I mean, amazing. She just was amazing. And her, oh, my favorite part, though, 
were her outfits, the recreation of what she would have worn, that clothing, oh, the color. style. Her style was just so... I don't know how to describe to it. To me, she was the predecessor to um, Warhol, except with talent. Warhol was very limited talent in my book. But um, Frida knew how to use her persona um, as well as her painting as an art form, as well as an expression. Uh, I loved it. The, the whole show was fantastic. The thing that I took from the show, though, was um, they did bring in some other Mexican artists. And one other artist I was curious about was... Uh, Maria Esquero. Um, she's an artist who painted um, both artistically and politically themed pieces. Um, one weird issue I just found, not issue, I would say one weird tidbit I found out is that she was actually hired to do a mural on some political building in Mexico. And um, Diego Rivera and it was Diego Rivera and David Alfar Esqueros. In the movie, mm-hmm. it was played by Antonio Banderas. Yes, yes. Um, well, Diego and, and David submarineder. Oh my god! And of got her kicked out, and they said she wasn't a real artist because she was basically not. She was more female than than an artist. She was too much in control of herself, in control of her own faculty. She didn't have to rely on, I would say, sleazy little political games of, uh, quote-unquote, sleeping their way to the top, whether it was physical, sexual, or it was just playing the game. She didn't do it. And I think the boys didn't like it. So they kicked her out. She got rid of her mural. They kicked her out. And, you know, it was a game of boys club. Well, let's not forget about talking about this time of year being spring and everything like that. Oh. And the lovely cherry blossoms. Yes, we actually went to down today to go see them um, at the park over by the river. It was just so, so lovely to see them in bloom. It's like showers of pink. Pink snow everywhere. It was gorgeous. It just reminded me of being back in Japan when I went in 2012. And just looking at that that pink snow that comes down when the wind just gently blows. It's just such a magical time. What would so you beautiful. say is different? Would you say the Portland experience was better than Japan or Japan was better than Portland or are they both their own? I mean, there's no comparison. I mean, Japan is going to have the best cherry blossom ever. <laughs> I mean, no, not discrediting Portland's cherry blossoms or Washington, D.C.'s or uh, places where they have them, but in Japan, you have so many different varieties of colors and trees. I mean, you go from, like, white to, like, that baby pink to, like, fuchsia pink. I mean, there's so many colors. I mean, we even saw some trees that were a mix of red and white blooms on one flower. Oh, it that's was, wild. Yeah, it was. it's insane, but... I mean, it's still beautiful. It's just a magical, magical moment to watch these uh, cherry blossoms bloom and the colors. It's just, it's incredible, I feel. It was funny, while you were gawking at all the cherry blossoms, I was mystified by the Benson Bubbler in the park. (laughs) Those Um, are fun. Oh, I love Benson Bubblers. If you guys don't know what they are, they're these little um, never-ending water fountains. They just bubble water all day long. Um, Oregon has quite a few of them. Uh, Benson Bubblers were first installed in the city in 
Oh, a long time ago. A long time. Yeah. And there's about 74 single build um, little bowls, and they bubble year-round. The only time they turned them off was during super bad winters and when they had a drought. Mm-hmm. 52 of them are still active now, what are they and original. Made, what are they made out of? Copper, I believe. So they're super hypoallergenic. And again, there's 52 of the real ones that were built in 1912 still functioning in this city right now. And so you can actually drink drink off of these things because of the copper. Oh yeah, they're yeah. totally clean. It's not bad at all. That's amazing. I mean, I took a pic of it and you can see it on my Instagram page. So if you go to Avery Lewis on Instagram, Avery Lewis on Instagram, you can see a Benson bubbler in person. Well, not in person, but on my page. <laughs> <sighs> bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Welcome back. Hi, folks. Hello. Hello. Hola. Konnichiwa. Um, mushi mushi? No, that's yes, yes. No, that's hello on the phone. Oh, yeah, see that I'm that's hello. A phone hello. Greeting. Yeah, that's a phone greeting. So yeah, somebody's there we on go. the phone. Yeah, yeah. Hello. And we're on an electronic Is it device. Me you're so. looking? Oh, I can't say anymore because we'll get copyright infringement. Yeah, don't do it. I don't do, do it. it. Don't I do it. Try. Don't want Lionel Richie coming after you. Okay, then I won't make it. Or Nicole a... Richie coming after you, oh, for that Nicole matter. Well, anyways, before we get into simple life chats, we're not going to chat about simple no, life. No, we're now. please. Really, no, we're, we're no, not. No, I'm not that stoned. <laughs> <laughs> you will be stoned if we start talking about that. Or, or get stoned. Someone's going to rock <laughs> and hail me. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about something I've been researching for one of my short stories called The Elevator Game. Mm-hmm. It's a scary little game, and we'll be talking what happens when you play it. And then we we'll also want to discuss how um, the Elisa Lamb case uh, back at the CISO Hotel has to do with uh, possible her playing the elevator game. Some interesting facts about that as well. Yeah, what is elevator game? What, what was she doing if it happened? What happens in this game if you do participate? I don't know. We'll talk about this and more. Yeah, we've got that and a few other fun facts that we'll probably end up talking about but we want to say thanks for listening folks and until next time oh not yet not yet we all started to say we're also returning back to life yes we are reincarnating and going to be appearing at the eagle in portland next saturday no, or, no this, this saturday. saturday you're right silly silly goose. so if you happen to come on by and see a couple of scary ghoul friends come say hi say hello hola and have a good evening folks thanks for listening we'll see you soon drive carelessly oh no don't don't do that don't do that we're gonna say um, get an afterlife call a, li- call a lift get an afterlife we have the met the trimet here you can take that Woo!